Hi, my name's Clayton, and you're listening to the Isaiah 43 Podcast, where we explore how God has formed us, redeemed us, and how He calls us today. Each week we will journey through Scripture to understand all that God has done and what exactly His call is for our lives today. This is week 7. Isn't it crazy how fast time is flying? Oh gosh. Well, since this is a Bible study week, we're jumping into something pretty important for our lives and our relationship with God. So this week, we're going to be taking a look at prayer. That's something you hear a lot is someone saying that they don't really know how to pray. They don't know what to say, and it makes you slightly uncomfortable. And maybe that's you. I mean, maybe you just feel like you ramble on and on and when you're praying. And you don't just don't want God to be annoyed by you or something like that while you're praying. Well, good news. First off, you don't annoy God with your prayer because you are seeking Him. But secondly, our Lord has already given us a guideline for how we should pray. Now, Jesus actually gave us a lot of guidelines for how we should pray. And that's what we're going to look at today. If you want to follow along or read with us today, we'll be in Matthew chapter 6. We're going to be breaking some of that down and looking at what our Lord Jesus has to say about our prayers. So, specifically, we'll be reading Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. And again, I'll be reading from the Christian Standard Bible or the CSB. So, let's just dive right in. So, again, Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 15. When you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, because they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by people. Truly, I tell you, they have their reward. But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Therefore, you should pray like this. Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. Alright, such wonderful things for us to go over today. Now I'm sure that you've heard the Lord's Prayer somewhere. It's beautiful, it's perfect, and I love it. But we're not going to go over it. Well, at least not at first. Jesus said some pretty important things beforehand that we have to understand first. See, even Jesus knew that he needed to lay the groundwork before he could give us this prayer. Because while this prayer is perfect, we are not. And our hearts are not always in the right place. We have to truly mean the words we're saying, otherwise they're just words. And now this is right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus is going straight for our hearts. So I want to take a look at verses 5 through 8 first, and then we'll look at the Lord's Prayer. Jesus tells us in verses 5 through 8 that when we pray, 
we need to make sure it is between us and God. If we're doing it for other people to see, then we're doing something wrong. Now, we know people who want to get up in front of everybody during church service and make this really awesome prayer. And they do it so everyone will see them and know how, quote-unquote, holy they are. And Jesus warns us not to be like that. He says those people will have their reward. All they care about is the attention they get from people. And sure, they will get that. That is their reward. But the reward we should seek is to hear our Lord say, Well done, my good and faithful servant. We don't care what people think of us. And I know that's a hard thing to wrestle with, but we shouldn't care. We should only care what God thinks of us. Because in the end, God is the only thing left. There is nothing left of this world after him. Now, in verses 6 through 8, Jesus says, But when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees you in secret will reward you. When you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Don't be like them, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask Him. Again, the purpose of our prayer is not to bring attention to ourselves. It's about our relationship and communication with God. We're opening up our hearts to Him. When we do that, and we put our full trust in Him, He will reward us in His own way. Now, I know the hectic life that some people live. You may not ever get the chance to go to a room by yourself and shut the door to pray. But I'm sure that you have just a second for a prayer to God. It might be while you're driving to work or whatever it is you're doing. The point is not to pray so everybody sees you. The point is to be solely focused on your conversation, your plea, or whatever it is you have to bring to God. It is to give Him your heart. Mother Teresa once said, Listen in silence, because if your heart is full of other things, you cannot hear the voice of God. Maybe just a brief moment of silence in prayer with God where we seek His will above all else. Well, maybe that's all we need. We don't need super long and super religious prayers to please God. He doesn't want that. He already knows what we need before we ask it. Now, personally, I find it very interesting that Jesus doesn't use the word want instead of need, because I think God knows what we want too. He knows what our hearts long for. But sometimes what we want and what we need are two separate things. I want to drink soda all day long, but I don't need to. It's not good for me. Another note. If God gave us everything we ever wanted, then we would become spoiled brats. God would no longer be king and God of the universe, but instead he would become our genie. He would give us every horrible and evil wish we could possibly want. I'm sure you've heard the saying that sort of goes like, God's not grandma, right? Yeah, It's nice for grandma to give us things and everything, but we all know just how broke we really are. It doesn't take a genius to figure that out. We know it would turn out pretty bad pretty quickly. So God doesn't do that. He wants our hearts. And if he gave us everything our hearts wanted, we would never want him. So he instead gives us what we need. But okay. Let's dive into the big stuff here. Matthew chapter 6, 
verses 9 through 15, the Lord's Prayer. Let's just read it one more time. Therefore, you should pray like this, Our Father in heaven, your name be honored as holy, your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their offenses, your heavenly Father will forgive you as well. But if you don't forgive others, your Father will not forgive your offenses. I said it before, but this prayer is just so perfect. It has everything that we need. It's the perfect outline for a prayer in just the right order. Because it puts God first, His holiness and His glory first. It establishes Him as the one from whom all blessings flow. In that very beginning where it says, Our Father in Heaven, we know that we are addressing the Creator of the entire universe. And in a way, it sort of puts us in our place. And then, no matter what else that follows next, it goes on to say that we should seek God's will above all else. Your will be done. And then from there, we get to pray about what we need. We pray that we have just enough for what we need for this day when it says, give us our daily bread. And as I've been reading Numbers and Deuteronomy lately with someone very special, I'm reminded of how God just provided what the Israelites needed in the desert. No more or no less during the week. Just exactly what they needed. So that's what we should pray too. Give us all that we need to get through. And then, verse 12, forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. Some translations will say sins instead of debts. We pray for the forgiveness of our sins. Jesus goes on to explain more about this in verses 14 and 15. But if we want forgiveness, we must forgive others. And then our Heavenly Father will forgive us of all of our sins. But if we don't forgive, and we allow hatred and anger to take over, God will not forgive us. It's a harsh reality, but that is life. And that is what God calls of us. But I think we're getting a little ahead of ourselves. We still have to look at the last part of the prayer. Verses 13. Verse 13. And do not bring us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Now we've gone over this before during the apologetics weeks. But God does not do evil, and he does not cause anyone to do anything sinful or evil. So why then does it say to not bring us into temptation? Well, that's very important for us to note, because the word for temptation here is more like testing. It's similar to the words used when Abraham was asked to sacrifice Isaac in the Old Testament. God was testing Abraham's heart to see if he truly belonged to the Lord. So I guess in some ways, it's a plea to not lead us into these moments of testing. But even if God still wills that we have these moments of testing, we must pray to have hearts that would be faithful to the Lord and that would be totally trusting in Him that He will provide all we need. In some ways, I'm reminded of our study from the other week when we discussed trusting in Jesus, for he has overcome the world. But I know this has been a lot, and today's episode was 
a little bit longer than what we're used to. There's so much more we could go over. We can never perfectly capture how beautiful and amazing this prayer really is. I really encourage you to memorize it. Just sit down for a couple minutes every day and just reread it over and over again until you have it committed to memory. I couldn't think of a better prayer to memorize. We have a lot more to discuss about the Bible, and I'm looking forward to it all. But that'll have to wait. So until next time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. God bless.